welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. But if not, let us all make an extra effort to radiate the love and light of our own mighty I Am Presence as luminously as possible call upon Archangel Michael and the legions of angels whenever necessary. And now, it's probably a good time to blaze your sacred fire love from the great central sun into the atmosphere, filling the collective consciousness of all mankind with all the love and light required for fulfilling the divine plan and raising all humanity to the ascension. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. Before the Vedic age had come to a close, an unknown poet who was one of the world's great thinkers, had risen above the popular materialistic ideas concerning the hammer god and the humanized spirits of nature, towards the conception of the world soul and the first cause, the unknown god. He sang of the mysterious beginning of all things. There was neither existence, nor non-existence, the kingdom of air, nor the sky beyond. What was there to contain, to cover in, was it but vast, unfathomed depths of water. There was no death there, nor immortality. No sun was there, dividing day from night. Then was there only that, resting within itself. Apart from it, there was not anything. At first within the darkness veiled in darkness, chaos unknowable, the all lay hid, till straightway from the formless void made manifest, by the great power of heat, was born that germ. Read Veda 10, 129, Griffith's Translation. The poet goes on to say that wise men had discovered in their hearts that the germ of being, existed in not being. But who, he asked, could tell how being first originated? The gods came later, and are unable to reveal how creation began. He who guards the universe knows or mayhap he does not know. Other late Rigvedic poets summed up the eternal question regarding the great unknown and the interrogative pronoun, what, ka. Men's minds were confronted by an inspiring and insoluble problem. In our own day the agnostics say, I do not know, but this hackneyed phrase does not reflect the spirit of inquiry like the arresting what, of the pondering old forest hermits of ancient India. The priests who systematized religious beliefs and practices in the Brahmanas, identified Ka with Prajapati, the creator, and with Brahma, another name of the creator. In the Vedas, the word Brahma signifies devotion or the highest religious knowledge. Later Brahma, neuter, was applied to the world soul, the all in all, the primary substance from which all that exists has issued forth, the eternal being of which all are phases, Brahma was the universal self, the self and the various Vedic gods, 
the self in man, bird, beast, and fish. This life of life, the only reality, the unchangeable, this one essence or self, Atman, permeates the whole universe. Brahma is the invisible force in the seed, as he is the vital spark in mobile creatures. In the Khandagya Upanishad, a young Braham receives instruction from his father. The sage asks if his pupil has ever endeavored to find out how he can hear what cannot be heard, how he can see what cannot be seen, and how he can know what cannot be known. He then asks for the fruit of the Nyagrata tree. Here is one, sir. Break it. It is broken, sir. What do you see there? Not anything, sir. My son, said the father, that subtle essence which you do not perceive, there of that very essence this great Nyagrata tree exists. Believe it, my son. That which is the subtle essence, in it all that exists has itself. It is the true. It is the self, and thou, my son, art it. In Kata Upanishad, a sage declares, The whole universe trembles within the life, Brahma, emanating from it, Brahma, the universe moves on. It is a great fear, like an uplifted thunderbolt. Those who know it become immortal. As one is reflected in a looking glass, so the soul is in the body, as in a dream, so in the world of the forefathers, as in water, so in the world of the Gandharvas, as in a picture and in the sunshine, so in the world of Brahma. The soul's being, nature, is not placed in what is visible, none beholds it by the eye. Through thinking it gets manifest. Immortal became those who know it. The soul is not to be gained by word, not by the mind, not by the eye, how could it be perceived by any other than him who declares it exists? When all the desires cease that are cherished in his heart, intellect, then the mortal becomes immortal. When all the bonds of the heart are broken in this life, then the mortal becomes immortal. The salvation of the soul is secured by union with Brahma, the supreme and eternal Atman, Self, the power which receives back to itself again all worlds. The identity of the Brahma and the Atman, of God and the soul, is the fundamental thought of the entire doctrine of the Upanishads. Various creation myths were framed by teachers to satisfy the desire for knowledge, regarding the beginning of things. Indian Myth and Legend by Donald A. Mackenzie, 1913 Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 6 In the first book of Manu, we read, Know that the sum of one thousand divine ages, composes the totality of one day of Brahma, and that one night is equal to that day. One thousand divine ages is equal to four billion three hundred twenty million human years, in the Brahmanical calculations. At the expiration of each night, Brahma, who has been asleep, awakes, and through the soul energy of the motion causes to emanate from himself the spirit, which in its essence is, and yet is not. Prompted by the desire to create, the spirit, first of the emanations, operates the creation and gives birth to ether, which the sages consider as having the faculty of transmitting sound. Ether begets air whose property is tangible, and which is necessary to life. Through a transformation of the air, light is produced. From air and light, which begets heat, water is formed, and the water is the womb of all, all living germs. Throughout the whole immense period of progressive creation, Covering 4,320,000,000 years, ether, air, water, and fire, 
heat, are constantly forming matter under the never-ceasing impulse of the Spirit, or the unrevealed God who fills up the whole creation, for He is in all, and all is in Him. This computation, which was secret, and which is hardly hinted at even now, led Higgins into the error of dividing every ten ages into six thousand years. Had he added a few more ciphers to his sums he might have come nearer to a correct explanation of the neuroses, or secret cycles. In the Sefer Jezere, the Kabbalistic book of creation, the author has evidently repeated the words of Manu. In it, the divine substance is represented as having alone existed from the eternity, boundless and absolute, and emitted from itself the spirit. One is the spirit of the living God, blessed be his name, who liveth forever. Voice, spirit, and word, this is the Holy Spirit, and this is the Kabbalistic abstract trinity, so unceremoniously anthropomorphized by the fathers. From this triple one emanated the whole cosmos. First from one emanated number two or air, the creative element, and then number three, water, proceeded from the air, ether or fire complete the mystic four, the Arva eel. When the concealed of the concealed wanted to reveal himself, he first made a point, primordial point, or the first sephira, air or holy ghost, shaped it into a sacred form, the ten sephiroth, or the heavenly man, and covered it with a rich and splendid garment, that is the world. He maketh the wind his messengers, flaming fire his servants, says the Jezere, showing the cosmical character of the later humorized angels, and that the spirit permeates every minutest atom of the cosmos. H.P. Blavatsky When the cycle of creation is run down, the energy of the manifested word is weakening. He alone, the unconceivable, is unchangeable, ever latent, but the creative force, though also eternal, as it has been in the former from no beginning, yet must be subject to periodical cycles of activity and rest, as it had a beginning in one of its aspects, when it first emanated, therefore must also have an end. Thus, the evening succeeds the day, and the night of the deity approaches. Brahma is gradually falling asleep. In one of the books of Sohar, we read the following. As Moses was keeping a vigil on Mount Sinai, in company with the deity, who was concealed from his sight by a cloud, he felt a great fear overcome him and suddenly asked, Lord, where art thou, sleepest thou, O Lord? And the Spirit answered him, I never sleep, were I to fall asleep for a moment before my time, all the creation would crumble into dissolution in one instant. And Vamadeva Mobley describes the night of Brahma, or the second period of the divine unknown existence, thus. Strange noises are heard, proceeding from every point. These are the precursors of the night of Brahma, dusk rises at the horizon and the sun passes away behind the 30th degree of Makara, sign of the zodiac, and will reach no more the sign of the Minas, zodiacal Pisces, or fish. The gurus of the pagodas appointed to watch the Ras Chakra, zodiac, may now break their circle and instruments, for they are henceforth useless. Gradually light pales, heat diminishes, uninhabitable spots multiply on the earth, the air becomes more and more rarefied, the springs of waters dry up, the great rivers see their waves exhausted, the ocean shows its sandy bottom, and plants die. Men and animals decrease in size daily. Life and motion lose their force, planets can hardly gravitate in space, they are extinguished one by one, like a lamp which the hand of the chokra, servant, neglects to replenish. Surya, the sun, flickers and goes out, matter falls into dissolution, Pralaya and Brahma merges back into Dayaus, the unrevealed god, and his task being accomplished, he falls asleep. Another day is passed, night sets in and continues until the future dawn. 
and now again re-enter into the golden egg of his thought, the germs of all that exist, as the divine Manu tells us. During his peaceful rest, the animated beings, endowed with the principles of action, cease their functions and all feeling, manas, becomes dormant. When they are all absorbed in the Supreme Soul, this soul of all the beings sleeps in complete repose, till the day when it resumes its form, and awakes again from its primitive darkness. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 16 You are part of that divine love from the great central sun, the master power flame from the heart of creation that is the sacred fire that controls everything in existence, and only creates perfection that blesses all and raises all into ever greater and greater happiness and perfection. Therefore, your survival depends on this. Your protection depends on it. Your supply depends on it. Your ascension depends on it. So from tonight, I trust we may have your continuous calls for all the sacred fire legions of the great central sun, to blaze whatever sacred fire we know moves into outer physical conditions that which corrects all mistakes, consumes what's wrong, protects what is right, allows the divine plan to be revealed, and mankind be held obedient until the complete consuming of the sinister force can take place by the great command of the cosmic beings who are the authority, and who issue the command at the moment the cosmic law permits the final removal from the earth of all mankind's filth and human creation. This must come. And if enough people would call for this sacred fire love from the great central sun into every condition in this world that is wrong, with the conscious command for the divine judgment to strike that compels all wrong to be consumed, as soon as you want the great central sun's sacred fire love enough to free everything in this world forever from human distress, then the cosmic law, and I am speaking of the great cosmic beings who direct this whole systems of worlds, can issue the fiat and release the fiery Christ blue lightning purity that moves into physical conditions that which consumes all evil before it can any longer desecrate life. So we enfold you in our heart's flame and sun presence, our armor of protection of that sacred fire love from the great central sun. And the limitless legions of the angelic host who direct that, and draw it into physical conditions in this world, can be your daily associates. We ask you to accept this, make the call and provide the conditions by which we can clothe you in power of the sacred fire that will help more quickly to purify your nation, and move into outer physical conditions that which removes war from the earth as quickly as possible. To this end do we offer you everything of our love from the great central sun. And our limitless legions of the sacred fire angels of invincible mastery over all in this world, we ask to come and enfold you, be with you and blaze through you whatever sacred fire love will help to set your fellowmen free, and in that, automatically assure you of your own ascension. From tonight our love is reaching to the heart of creation. And we call all the love that is there to come down here into this world through you, the I am student body, and all who are trying to hold to God the best they understand and draw into physical conditions whatever sacred fire purifying love consumes everything that has no God right to exist. Therefore, when you issue your command for whatever sacred fire indestructible purity is necessary to prevent all wrong, then call for the limitless great central sun's legions, sacred fire legions of the angels of the guarding presence of the sacred fire, to enfold whatever is constructive in the sacred fire's indestructible protection of eternity, and let us see what we can do as soon as possible. Beloved Archangel Michael, We clothe you in all our love, 
If your love is great enough to call the great central sun's cosmic legions of the angels of the sacred fire love that is master over everything in this world, and issues the fiat now, and puts into outer physical action whatever sacred fire consumes and prevents the plans of the sinister force being allowed existence any longer, or being allowed to be fulfilled for any reason. So with this in mind, we clothe you in all the love at our command. And our limitless legions of the angelic hosts can stand with you, clear the pathway ahead of you, hold you protected, and give you every blessing possible, if you will render this service. From tonight, I hope you are one with us in this victory for which we call. And there is only one victory in all eternity, and that is the great central sun's master power flame of all the sacred fire love that the angels direct and the cosmic beings have poured into this world, to produce here that which fulfills the divine plan and raises all unto the ascension. To this end do we clothe you with our angels that are the guarding presence of you in the attainment of the ascension. We ask your mighty I am presence to call these in and around yourselves as you make the call for the ascension of this nation and the world. To this end do we stand by your sides, and our angelic host is ever ready to fulfill your calls, and release all the sacred fire necessary to purify this world as soon as possible. And we hope it will be with your assistance. We hope to issue the great command as soon as possible. Applause. Thank you so much. So I clothe you tonight in my own heart's flame, the heart of my love, the armor of my power, and the miracle mantle of those manifestations of the angels of the sacred fire, that brings to this earth the heart flame of love from the great central sun to forever put an end to mankind's distress. With my love I clothe you. With my energy I sustain you. And may you forever be enfolded by the angelic host in whatever makes you victorious over all in this world forever. Thank you, with all my heart. Beloved Archangel Michael, 